Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. I am joined by Pierre Cadu from Cisco Talos Incident Response. Uh, thanks for coming on, Pierre. It's good to have you back on the show. Hey, John. Glad to be here and looking forward to giving folks some guidance on uh, what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so it's uh, somehow already time for students to start going back to school. This goes for college, high school, elementary school. My mom's a kindergarten teacher. She's already back, and we're recording this on August 26th. Uh, So I wanted to take some time to provide advice to parents, students, admins, uh, on how to kind of prepare everyone for coming back. We're kind of in this new age of education, especially post-COVID-19, where many students are hybrid or at least have devices that they're taking to and from the classroom. So that's kind of the the where I wanted to start. So say like if your child has an iPad or a Chromebook that they're bringing home from school, what's some good advice to keep those devices secure? And that's from the perspective of the student and the parent, but also like the at the IT admin at the school that those students are bringing the devices back to. Sure. Good question. And something that as a, a parent myself, I had to deal with in my own house as well. So uh, I guess first thing is most schools have some level of device management on the devices that are issued to students. So whether it's a Chromebook or an iPad or a laptop, there's some sort of a, of a tool or, to, or application that uh, often is installed by the school to help manage what can be done with the device. So it limits the likelihood of students misusing the device. But of course, just like we're all aware, just like dealing with adversaries, adversaries are very, very creative as well as students. Students can be uh, innovative and think through or work through some of these limitations. Uh, I know in a situation I dealt with with um, one of my home devices for one of my kids, we had a situation where we had to change the setting of something and we couldn't get to it through normal method. But of course, we were able to work around you know, two steps sideways and be able to get through and do it. So students are innovative and shouldn't be underestimated. So really, you should treat those devices in your own home network as an external or, or um, non, you know, internal device. So if you have a way of segmenting your network, creating a separate segment for those devices uh, is a good idea. Uh, not everybody has the ability to do that, but if you do have an ability to create a, new, a separate network segment that doesn't give that network access to your internal network devices, that could be a good way to prevent any sort of bleed over from that device into your rest of your environment. Another thing to think about is password management. So this has come up during discussions I've had with other parents and with other folks here at Talos. Everybody is susceptible to password reuse. You know, it's people are in general lazy, uh, and students are no exception to that. And it's really easy to just get a you know a password you really like and just reuse it everywhere. And that unfortunately, you know, is essentially allowing an adversary to then have access to passwords across multiple systems. When I was uh, in high school, I was using the same password for my email, my MySpace, my Facebook, all yeah. sorts of stuff at the same time. And as soon as one of those gets popped, then you got to go and do all of those. If you should go off and change all of those. But does that happen all the time? No, not usually. So I recommend strongly some sort of password manager that's easier because then you have one password to remember that unlocks the vault that has the rest of your passwords in it. And those can be complex and you can make, you can generate complex passwords and you can then you know, just copy and paste those in. And you don't have to remember those complex passwords. You just have to remember the one to unlock that vault. And you can also use multi-factor authentication on that vault too. So you prevent someone from hopefully reusing that password that you've got on there as well. So password managers are a good way of dealing with situations like that. And a good password manager also will look for 
any known compromises of an account and let you know about that ahead of time so you can take actions accordingly. Use a password manager, uh, encourage your, your students to do that as well. Uh, and where possible, of course, use multi-factor authentication. That's a, a no-brainer these days. And many schools have already deployed multi-factor for their environments. And you know, the, if you have an option to use it, please do. It's always uh, patching, too, that we need to talk about, obviously. That, that goes with everything in security, of course. Yeah, and that both operating system and application patches really should be considered. And if it's something that's managed by the school, then it's really going to be up to them to manage that deployment and the patching of that. But if it's a device you own or, or you're responsible for patching, make sure they're up to date. And this goes for all devices, not just uh, a Chromebook or, or a laptop, but also phones as well. There's a lot of vulnerabilities on uh, iOS and Android uh, that need to be remediated fairly aggressively. So something that you mentioned, uh, what just kind of when I pitched the idea for this episode out there, is that CTIR has seen several campaigns where adversaries are targeting financial aid distribution systems, such as like sending phony emails about grants and awards and trying to get their targets to click on malicious links. And I would imagine that, especially given President Biden's new debt forgiveness plan that he announced this week, that that will probably only increase because it's such a major topic in the news. What can you kind of tell me about this particular reoccurring risk? Sure. And, and you know, that's a really timely um, comment about that. And I agree 100%. No new announcement of money anywhere, whether it's a some sort of loan forgiveness, or when we used to have the the COVID um, checks that were being sent to people, people tried to hijack those or tried to, you know, phishing campaigns based around those saying, hey, I've got your information about your COVID check, click here to find out more information and put your credentials in. Adversaries are almost always monetarily motivated. Any way they can get their hands on money or access um, funds, they're going to be all in on that. So we've certainly, the Talos I have certainly seen a number of attacks that target email communication structure between students and schools. And some of these attacks have been sent to students to authenticate uh, on a fake login page where the login page looks really legitimate. It has the school's logo on there. It looks, you know, uh, you know 99% the same or even 100% the same as the actual login page. And so as far as the students are aware, it looks like a legit page for them to sign up and to get their grant information or their financial, pay, uh, financial uh, service information. And it may not even be asking for that. It may just be asking them to authenticate in which case the adversary then has their credentials and may even capture their multi-factor authentication uh, information if they're using a code-based MFA. And so then the adversary has the ability to essentially play man in the middle and process the requests from the, the student and then have the authentication information so they can then make changes to the account. We've seen this successfully used against um, education facilities in North America for over the past uh, three years, actually starting in, in 2019, 2020, and all the way here to 2022. This seems to be a successful campaign for adversaries. Some of them have clued into the timing for when schools start, and they look for those emails, and they try to intercept those or become part of that email chain or be able to send out uh, spam to, to students. And new students may not know exactly where to click or where not to click. And they're just trying to get their grant information. Like, you know, I thought this was legitimate. It, just like anybody with a time pressure, whenever you have time as a pressure against a decision-making process, you lose your ability to to uh, make the right choices and adversaries try and, and leverage that. So there's a, t- a clock ticking in the head of a student. I got to get my financial aid stuff. I got to pay for my classes or whatever. And so that's going to increase the likelihood of someone making a bad choice. So another popular device that students use uh, at all levels of education are USB storage devices or external storage devices. I remember when I was in college, I had this like massive two terabyte 
hard drive that I used for video projects. And now, of course, everybody's got solid state drives, so they're way lighter and skinnier. Uh, but if you are using like a thumb drive or an external hard drive, what's some, what are some good advice that we can provide people to, you know, like those people who are using the devices themselves and then also like school admins who should probably make sure that people just can't walk around campus plugging in devices willy-nilly. First, on the side of, of USB or removable devices, don't use a device that you're not in control of if you just find a device laying around. That's often a little dodgy and possibly may have malicious things on there. It also just could be, you know, you know a damaged device or who knows what. I really recommend against plugging in a device you just see laying around. That's first, you know, pretty general guidance. Second thing is now it, with uh, the type of computing we have, the cloud computing and, and you know, distributed networks, et cetera, it may be just as easy for you to just pull down the file itself directly from a cloud storage system instead of having to do a removable storage drive. So instead of the risk of plugging in the drive and possibly getting things you don't expect or don't want or putting things there that you don't want to leave on, on the uh, school computer, it might be easier just to transfer that file directly. So using so, uh, some sort of cloud storage uh, and copy that file directly from it from whatever cloud storage you want to use. On the administrative side of things, I definitely want to consider you know, turning off auto run and any sort of auto launch capabilities uh, when you plug in a device and maybe even disabling USB devices across your environment by default. And then you have to turn it on by an exception basis or have a system that's kind of isolated so you can put files there and then move them off to a place where it's, you know, where it's then it's been looked at or scanned or whatever. Having some sort of a, an antivirus or malware protection also on your computers is critical to make sure that any known malware that's on the USB device has been captured and, and scanned. So lastly, I just kind of want to go over any other general advice you have for the education sector. Uh, like if you're in an engagement or an exercise or uh, working on an IR plan or something with somebody in that space, what are some good IR practices we can pass along to them that are that are just kind of like good general reminders? Adversaries have always targeted school districts and schools. I remember one of my first incidents I worked on was at a university. And the reason why the adversary was leveraging them was because they had a very, very fast network connections. And so they could get to that school network and then go anywhere they wanted to from there. And it looked reasonably legitimate because the source was an educational facility and they had really fast connectivity so they can get to and from wherever they were and go out to other places. So it's been a, a common uh, targeting location for adversaries. The other consideration is now that ransomware has you know been the prevalent thing for the past you know three to five years, the opportunities for doing ransomware against schools and school districts has increased and it's been definitely something we've observed over the years. So it's a good reminder for, for education facilities to have reliable backups. This includes non-network backups, backups that you can have that are offline so that the adversary can't uh, modify them or disable the backup environment. So take a backup and put it on either backup, external backup media, tape, whatever that you can remove off the network. And then uh, keep a copy of the logs you need to answer the questions that you're going to likely run into. If you need to understand whether or not data was stolen, you need to have network logs, firewall logs, NetFlow, etc. If you need to look at um, authentication logs, you make sure that those are retained as well. Any of the questions you think you're going to have to ask along the way, think back through which kind of logs would help you answer those and make sure that those are retained somewhere offline so that you can go ahead and have a copy of those in the event that there's a, a bad situation and your network is not available to you. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Pierre, and going over all that stuff with me. Uh, I know that was a lot of advice that we threw at listeners at once, but uh, I think it was really helpful and insightful. Uh, and hopefully everyone has a good time going back to school. Thanks, Pierre. Yep. Good luck, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.